Welcome back to the Scale Speaks podcast. Please follow all social media sites that you see here on the screen. And don't forget, click the subscribe button for more dope content. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Yes, yes, this is another episode of the Scales Speaks podcast. Hope all of y'all are doing well. We appreciate y'all coming back again. Man, look, I'm going to get right into it. So my last episode, episode eight, was very short. I was saying happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are active, present, that are doing the thing. And I also said happy Juneteenth, but I have a lot of listeners out there and I think I let y'all get away. I think I let y'all get away. I, I, I didn't give a full historic perspective and a background as to what Juneteenth is about. So I'm going to take that time on this episode to go and just talk about what the history of Juneteenth is what it really means to black culture and ultimately just give y'all some history on it because I I let y'all get away, right? Like there's a lot of people that still to this day don't know and don't understand why Juneteenth is so important in the black community. And while we get into that, You know I got to start with my podcast how I do every single time. I don't have a drink of the day because I'm recording this one in the morning. So that would not be the smartest thing to do right now unless it's coffee or tea, but I don't have either right now, just a little bit of water. But fragrance of the day, we're going to go to a real strong king in my collection. This is Ball d'Afrique by Byredo, B-Y-R-E-D-O, Ball De Afrique. Yeah, this one is silent. Um, Saks Fifth and Neiman is where you can get your nose and where you can purchase this one. This is solid. And this goes into perfectly what we want to talk about today because, like I said, it's Ball de Afrique. And what are we talking about? Black culture. Why? Because Juneteenth was June 19th, which was just a few days ago. I'm recording this on. Wednesday, so I greatly apologize for not being timely. Uh, I did say happy Juneteenth on my episode eight, but did not give an opportunity to really talk about what it is. So, what is Juneteenth for people that do not know? As I turn my light on, I gotta, I gotta stop doing that. Every time it's like the, I think this is the second or third episode. I was like, I forgot my light. It's all good. Y'all, y'all, y'all be with me. June nineteenth, eighteen sixty-five. So, before we even get to that. The Emancipation Proclamation was written in 1863, and this was to ensure that everybody in the country was free. There would be no more enslavement at that point throughout the entire country. But there was still the Confederacy. The Confederacy did not completely abide by the Emancipation Proclamation and what that said in 1863. So... General Gordon Granger in Galveston, Texas, obviously being from Texas, this is important to me. General Gordon Granger came down to Galveston, Texas and placed General Orders Number 3, which stated that all slaves are free. That is regardless of Confederacy or not. That was the end of it. That was the end of slavery as we know it at that time in the United States. 
So what did that mean? It meant that we were free. You're going to hear Juneteenth be referenced a couple different ways. You're going to be you're going to hear it as Jubilation Day. You're going to hear Cell Liberation Day. You're going to hear um, Freedom Day. Uh, it, it, there's so many monikers that it goes by. And I think the one that I've identified the most with is Freedom Day. We have come, we have come so far in the black community with so many things that honestly, I know I am living my ancestors' wildest dreams. And the fact that I'm able and free to do just these simple podcast videos shows and tells what Freedom Day meant to me. Now, I do always hold myself accountable. I'm not going to lie. And this is the part where this the podcast always allows for accountability, transparency, and for me to be honest and upfront with you all. I feel ashamed sometimes talking about Juneteenth because when I grew up, I never heard about this. I never understood that. I never knew that we had a day. I we, In my house, we had the Emancipation Proclamation hung up that I almost, I almost memorized because it was like right when you walk into my basement, it is hung up in an art, hung up on the wall for everybody to view and review. So I'm like, okay, like we had some historical reference in the house about our history and our culture. And I had never heard about June 19th, 1865 until I went to Hampton University. And it is so important to go even further to talk about continuing and preserving our historical black colleges and universities. One, because of the fact that there is a sense of belonging to other black men and women. The other is simply because of the history, all of the things that come with it. One of my proudest accomplishments and anybody that has heard me present, anybody that has heard me speak and engage with a crowd of people, in my introduction, I always mention that I am a proud graduate of Hampton University, class of 2014, the greatest HBCU on earth. Now that is up for debate and we will get into that another time. I think it's Hampton, but we'll see what y'all think in the future. But it wasn't until you follow, you talk to a bunch of different people on campus and there's email blasts and things that they're talking about with historical, historical perspective. And obviously during June, school is out. So you're at home, you're not necessarily on campus, but you still have the people that you've talked to, that you follow, that you've been friends with on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. So on June 19th, I think in 2000, had to be 11, was the first time that I saw a crowd or a, a bunch of people saying, happy Juneteenth. And I'm over there like, all right, uh, what is it? 
And I felt so sick to my stomach when I did not know. Because I think as a black man, a black woman, there are just certain there are certain historical things that we should know. And Juneteenth is definitely one of them. So maybe maybe there were some people that were just like me also. Maybe there's people that did not know what it was. Maybe you're listening on the opposite side of this and you had no idea it existed until recently. I know a lot of people, and this is outside of black men and women, that just found out what Juneteenth is and was and has been for almost 1865, 1965. We're going on to, is that over 150 years? Is that, is that 150 years? Let's just call it that. 100 plus years of just history and what happened. We didn't find out about it until now. 150 plus. I had to make sure I did the math right. What sickens me is that it always takes a large or cultural event that makes it come to power. This was recognized by as a national holiday in America. And that's. I do not want the fact that Juneteenth has become a national and federal holiday to diminish what it means. There were and are people that were upset that it was a national holiday that Banks and credit unions and federal places were closed on Monday the 20th. And honestly, that's not what that's about. Having a day off and having a federal holiday is not what this represents. This represents the black men and women that are in the workforce that are free to walk and go as they please. This represents us outside being able to do what it is that we would like to do. We are not enslaved. We are free. That is what that day is about. This is not about you all having cookouts and complaining and making it seem like, oh, man, this is just another day. This has no historical precedence whatsoever. This is not July 4th. That is not the time for those comments. I'm holding back a little bit, and I don't know why. Because, as I know, I have listeners that are an array of listeners across different cultures, backgrounds, races, genders and things like that part of me wants to be respectful to the other side of this as the listener or the viewer but i've been pretty upset because as far as we've came we still have a lot further to go me i was pretty pissed at the reception of what this was instead of allowing non-black this is for all my people that are non-black if you are not a black man or woman this message is directed towards you 
That is a day for you to listen and learn and understand what black people go through on a daily basis. This was not a time, this was nothing to be honest for you to celebrate. This was not for you to take off. And if you did, it should have been a day where you reflect and understand or talk to somebody that, hey, what is this about? What is this day? Instead, what I saw were people that were mad as we inconvenienced them. A credit unions and bank shutdown, and you really needed your credit union and your bank on Monday the 20th at that day. You forgot that they were open because of a national holiday. If it happens on Memorial Day, Labor Day, Columbus Day, July 4th, oh yeah, that makes sense. What the hell is Juneteenth? Instead of having that reaction, Google has been free. Look it up and ask questions. Don't tell me you're inconvenienced by my freedom. Don't tell me that you have an issue with me being allowed and able to do what it is that I love to do. And going further, as we're talking about things we need to do better, black men and women, we have a long way to go. And I've talked about this before. It's hard to say if someone wants you here or not, and I'm not here to debate that. But it has been increasingly harder to live the black experience. I talked about this in one of my previous episodes. Did we pretend to be more diverse? Wells Fargo was on major blast for giving fake interviews to clients that will be considered diverse. That is women. That is men of color. Women of color. Black men. Black women all women, they would have interviews in which they already had the position promised to somebody else that may not have been as diverse or diverse at all. How can we stand for that happening? And that's just that one company. Are we allowing ourselves to just be open to having this happen? Are we fighting and saying anything back? Are we demanding that we have these councils and conversations inside of our realm of influence at these in the workforce to change this? What conversations are we having with these higher ups and these HR managers to make this a more inclusive working environment for us? And that's just in the workforce. When we're looking outside, we still see the communities that we are primarily included in. They are run down. They are completely downtrodden. 
and we're seeing the same abusiveness of alcohol, drugs, and gun violence. How do those guns even get there? Why is it that the liquor stores and drug abuse are primarily in those black communities? What are we doing to get that? What are we doing to get that out of here? What are we doing to give ourselves a shot? We want equity. We want an opportunity. We want a chance. I think it's sad that we have to fight so hard to get a seat at the table. Then the entire time that we get to the table, we we get a fear because we don't want to snitch on our coworkers or cause an issue or cause an upheaval just because we're at the table now. There's a fear of defense. We have to keep it. It's not a situation where we are free at that point to be ourselves, to get the job done the way that is best. And honestly, that it's disheartening. It is still to this day disheartening that for as far as we've came in most circles, maybe in my, maybe where I work, but I hear too many accounts of an inability to move up, a lack of training and development, a worrisome inclusion and equity environment where a black man or woman woman is the only one <sighs> and ultimately i i mentioned this in the last episode we wanted equity we wanted programs for our children to make sure that gun violence has a lesser effect on the streets i want less of our kids being murdered and shot so that we have a future with these children. I'm tired of going through the hoods and seeing opportunity die. I'm tired of seeing black men and women die and killed senselessly. As far as we have came from 1865, and I want to thank all the men and women dead or alive that paved the way from that time until now, almost 157 years ago, to allow me the opportunity to live where I want, drive where I want, work where I want, do what I deem is necessary for me and my family to have a seat at the table. This was a freedom day. This is a day where we reflect on our freedom. It's jubilation day. 
It's a day that we can proudly be ourselves. We don't have to hide. We can be proud of being black. I've mentioned this so much. We can be ourselves. There's power in that. Just for one day. And I'm glad it was on a Monday because then you had Saturday, Sunday, Monday to celebrate it. Transparently, I did not learn what this meant until 10 years ago. And for the last 10 years, I've made it a point to honor and celebrate the history of those men and women that have paved the way for us today and also celebrate my blackness and the culture. And if you are not a person, uh, if you are not black, you use that opportunity to ask and talk about the black experience. I just gave y'all a taste of the stuff that we're going through. I can give you multiple accounts of these items. Lack of equity, lack of inclusion, lack of diversity, a fear of success, a fear of being at the table, a fear of becoming somebody different than you are. Just to impress or be around the right people, just to get to the seat at the table, just to finally get the promotion you are looking for, all to realize that you are the only one that looks like you that is in there. And you have to make decisions that others don't even have to contemplate at all. I referenced this a while ago in previous episodes. I've never been asked if I was okay being black at work until all of the social unrest occurred in 2020 I had never been asked that and at that time I had worked I had worked for seven years at this company I have never been asked and I found it funny that I was asked today or on that day or when that day was how are you how are you feeling even when asked how I felt I had to go to a gear of remaining professional. If I was free to speak, there might have been a lot more obscenities and a lot more things that I was upset about. But there was just a level of, you know what? I will respect you for asking. So therefore, I won't go as hard as I normally would when someone's asking me this question, which has never been asked before. Because at that point. The man who asked me was white and he wasn't doing it to check a box and just say, oh, I talk to my black employees and I hear them. He was genuinely doing it for understanding. He was genuinely asking how he can be a part of the solution and what he can do to help. And that's what I'm asking for my non black men and women. If you really want to celebrate Juneteenth, if you really love the black men and women you work with that you are friends with, 
you mm, do I say that yeah do you owe it to them I'll still leave it as a suggestion but in my mind I'm thinking you owe it to them but I'll say this you should learn as much as you can about the black experience and do whatever it is in your influence and your power to make it a easier and better place for black men and women to be and exist in. Because we are and have been doing all we can. Even when we've done all we can, we find more ways to do all that we can. We are going to need the help of everyone. Just like July 4th is celebrated, June 19th needs to be celebrated just as much, if not more. Isn't that sad? There are things that I, as a black man, have to contemplate and think about that my white counterparts would never even have to consider. But either way, I'm still happy. I'm still, I still feel accomplished. I still feel like there's more to do and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the grind. I'm all right with the hustle. I appreciate the fact that strides are being taken. I want the conversation to continue. I do not want this to stop. I do not want this to end. I want everybody to learn from this. So again, Juneteenth is a celebration day. It's Freedom Day, Jubilation Day for your black men and women, friends, co-workers, fraternity members, fit, whatever it is. That is a day for us to celebrate and to enjoy the fact that we are free. If you want more, Google it. Find more understanding. But the other side of this, the other side of it is this. Once you understand, go out and do something about it. Make it a better place for the person next to you. And when we do that, we will be fine. And that is going to be episode nine. I just... <laughs> With this platform, as it is growing, as it is building, these are the things that I'm going to continue to talk about as they come up. I'm covering everything for a reason. And it is my hope that you are connecting and engaging with me, asking these same questions, having these conversations. One book I read was called, they, uh, was called We're All In This Together by Mike Robbins. Talking about having sweaty palm conversation. Sweaty palm conversation just means it is a tough conversation. It's uncomfortable for both parties or one party, and they don't know how to have it. It typically means accountability, which as a, a moose bush, just a little glimpse into episode 10. That's what we're talking about. Accountability. These sweaty palm conversations have to ha have to happen in order for us to get better. 
So I'm just going to read the conversation starter. Yes, we're using Juneteenth as an opportunity to talk about our freedom, but we're also using this as an opportunity for us to get better in our communities and our engagement in how we talk to black men and women and what we're doing to make this a better society for all of us. At the end of the day, all this is all of this leads to being a more equitable, inclusive and diverse environment to where I've said in episode three, that'll make all of us win and win big. This is the Scale Speaks podcast. This is episode nine. Thank you so much. Continue to watch, like, share and subscribe. Before I end it, new subscribers, I'm going to shout y'all out. I'm not going to sit here and be selfish. Let me go down the let me go down the list. Alan Bennett, shout out to you. Appreciate the sub. Matt Mahowski, yes sir, appreciate you on the subscribe. Drew. Drew man, I appreciate that. Thank you for the subscription. Heavily appreciate that. I'm just going to do three for right now. I appreciate the subscribes. Appreciate you all that are watching, that are liking, listening, sharing. It's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. And for all that said, this is the Scale Speaks podcast. Until later this week. Peace.